Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavali. On today's show, we will react to the Derby d'Italia. Juventus won into one, so there will be no big arguments between Nima and myself today <laughs> as there has been in previous Derby d'Italias. Um, we will also discuss the dream debut for Walter Mazzari as Napoli win at Atalanta. We'll review Milan's 1-0 win against Fiorentina. The big headline, of course, was the debut of 15-year-old Francesco Carmada, who made history as the youngest player ever in the history of Serie A. Um, we'll also look at the Roman clubs. Uh, Roma are doing well. They win again, but it's total crisis for Lazio as they lose at bottom of the table Salernitana. First win of the season for Salernitana. And Maurizio Sarri's job is now very much under scrutiny as he himself admits. Uh, we'll look at all the other Serie A games and we'll also preview a big, big week in the Champions League and in Europe. For all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode that we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including a weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday where we answer all the questions from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month plus VAT. Uh, you can also now sign up to be a pay subscriber on Spotify. Um, we will provide the link in the description. It's the same price, the same terms. And for all of you that do listen on Spotify, on Apple, on iTunes podcasts, also if you're on YouTube, give us a five-star rating, a like, a follow. Um, it, it really all helps us to grow and do more content, quality content for you guys. So let's get into today's show. Okay, so obviously we'll start off with Juventus versus Inter and we'll just discuss the the actual game uh, itself first and then we can look at the the we can do segments on Juventus and Inter separately. Um so to summarize the game um from my point of view, I thought that Juventus started fast um and deservedly took the lead with Vlaovic after 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 previously they'd had a good chance with Chiesa. But then Inter fought back. They showed their maturity. They equalised soon after. Um, and after that, the game, the, 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 well, the rest of the half became a bit more cagey. I thought it was a good quality tactical game, the first half. Then in the second half, I think that uh, Juventus, uh, Inter did start reasonably well in the second half. Uh, Taram had a good chance. But after that, there was no opportunities for, to, opportunities for either team. I thought Inter were the better team after that in terms of possession and territory, but without creating anything. And Juventus went went well, they went full Allegri really. They put they just were happy to to go for the draw, play for the draw. And I think as the game went on, I think Inter were pretty much happy to settle for that without over exerting themselves. So in the end I think that the draw was fair. Uh, I think if you look at the, the look at the fact that both teams had two very good chances each in the game. Chiesa and Vlaovic for Juventus, Lautaro and Taram for Inter. They both scored one of those each. Um, the XGs were pretty similar, 0.6 to 0.8. Uh, both made kind of defensive mistakes in the build-up to the goals, which were punished. Um, so in the end, I think it was pretty even uh, in terms of the big stuff in the game. And I think that the draw was was fair. Would you go along with that, Nima? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I think when when I was watching that, 
the the opening 10 15 minutes surprised me because I wasn't expecting Juventus to press as high as they did. I wasn't expecting Juventus to be as aggressive as they were. Um, um, but other than that, I think the game kind of settled down into some into a rhythm where, which I think was exactly what I expected. Um, this was a typical early fixture derby d'Italia. No one wants to lose. Safety first. Tactical battle. Two teams that respect each other. Uh, two coaches that respect each other. No one was going to give anything away to the other, um, and it was it was it was pretty much pretty much on par with what you said. I think you went to start the first half really well. I love Inter's reaction uh, going a goal down. I thought it was incredible. Uh, that's exactly how I want Inter to react. That's how a big team reacts. No panic, no frantic behavior. Just increase the passing tempo, move move better have more urgency but controlled and then create two chances and score one and then they actually looked like well they took over from the to after that equalizer in, in the first half and and I felt like if anyone was going to score in the first half it was going to be Inter but then after then then we go into the second half and and it's essentially a very very tactical battle very evenly balanced um and you know Inter had possession but they weren't it didn't. It felt like Inter wanted to just have possession for the sake of possession, and then also give the the ball to Juve to see. Okay, well now you do something. It really felt like two boxers in a ring who were just not going to go out all gung ho on each other, but they were just you know, you know, mm. they were just gonna you know feel each other up and then end this in the uh, in in the final bout <laughs> in in February. Because that's how it feels like. I think this was obvious that Inter look at Juve as a main title candidate. Uh, Juve, they did not... Inzaghi has shown incredible growth this season and maturity, both tactical and but above all mental. Um, Allegri respects Inzaghi. Inzaghi respects Allegri. I think it's... Um, it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting battle between them. But overall, I think one-one was was very, very representative of this game. And I think it's a result also that both teams are probably happy with. From Inter, from Juventus's point of view, they stay two points behind Inter. They, you know, they they they, they stay in the mix. Um, they they have another big game. In this season, in which they've they've got they haven't lost. I mean, if you look at the all the big teams Juventus have played this season, they've 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 either drawn or won so far, and they still haven't they still haven't played Napoli and they still haven't played Roma um, unless I've, unless I'm forgetting. So they've, they've they've either won or drawn, so that builds confidence. Uh, and um, from Inter's point of view, well, they 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 stay two points clear. They get another it's kind of a, they get a tough away game. Out of the way, while staying staying top, um, and like you said, they they showed that their their maturity and growth. So I think in the end, I think both teams are pretty content at this early point of the season, still in November. I think if it had been March or April, and Juventus are two points behind, and we're in April, um, then they're thinking. Well, I think Juventus or or vice versa, Inter are two points behind uh, Juventus going into this game in April. Then you see them going for it more. But I think. Once it got to a certain stage of the game, sixty minutes, where both teams are thinking, you know what, let's just keep, let's just let's just let's just play for the draw, um, or let's not overexert ourselves and give it away. 
So I, I think in the end, I think both teams are probably probably quite content. I think. Um, let's let's though let's let's discuss from the Juventus point of view first some of the big talking points for Juve. I'll start off with with Allegri. Um, I, you know, everybody knows that I'm I've I've been a big critic of Allegri since he's since he's returned to Juventus for being too overly defensive. Um, I can't blame Allegri's approach in this game. I think that Juventus, well, for starters, as we said, they they actually started on the front foot uh, and they're pr- they actually pressing. Uh, and we saw that with the first goal they scored was actually through that kind of pressing in terms of, you know, fighting to try and win the ball back quickly and, and then transition at pace. And, and that's how they scored the, the first goal. Um, so... Uh, you know, I think that Allegri's approach at the start was good. I I can't either blame Allegri for going. I mean, I think he went a bit over defensive in the second half, but I can't blame him for being for being defensive and conservative in a game like this, where you're playing against a team who, who are clearly a better team than you. They've got better quality, got better bench, uh, and also Juventus were were decimated with injuries. I mean, if you look at their lineup, look at the midfield lineup in this game. I mean, they're playing. Uh, uh, Hans Nicolusi Coviglia, his first game of the season, um, uh, you know, and I thought he did did reasonably well actually. He did okay. Um, and you look at you know, so you look at the the, the midfield and even the defence, the number of players out. You know, I don't blame you, uh, Allegri, being you know so defensive in the in the in the second half. Um, and you know, against a big team, I guess, or against a smaller team, then yes, I am going to be critical. Like next week when Juventus play Monza. If he's this defensive and they have thirty five percent, I mean they have thirty five percent of possession in this game, Juventus, which is which is too little for a big team. That, that's just the way I see football. It's, it's not enough. But I don't blame him for that approach in a game like this uh, because for the reasons I've just said. Uh, and at the end of the day, if you look at the bottom line in this game, Juventus had two big chances. Inter had two big chances. Um, so I can't. I, I think at the end, uh, you know, you, you can't. You you know, you can't criticise uh, for that. I know some are still a little bit. Some Juventus fans are still a bit unhappy about how defensive they were in the second half. But to limit uh, this Inter, who are a much stronger team, to you know, with a decimated team, to only two real chances in the whole game, I think you have to. You definitely have to give credit for that. He's he's Allegri's maximising what he's got. And I think he is overperforming this season to be only two points from Inter. I know obviously playing once a week does help a lot. Um, but I, I think he's, you know, you, you have to, you have to say well done to Allegri so far. Without a doubt. I mean, you look at that lineup, you look at what he's got. This is the worst Juventus on paper that I have ever seen in my life. I, even Del Neri's Inter was better. I, I was looking at the, sorry, Del Neri's Juve was better. I mean, I was looking at the squads. You can't tell me this is an atrocious Juve side. Um, and he's got really, he's got the maximum, literally overperforming. Um, it was, it's obvious that he's him, him and him and Vlaovic, whatever problems they've had, they've worked it out. Um, he's, he's building Vlaovic up. Um, that's what I think from a Juventus point of view to add to those things. And I want to repeat what you said, because I agree with them. But Vlaovic, above all, is someone that is clearly on the same page as him. He's building him up. He's working on him to improve him. And Vlaovic showed for the first time in a big game, I saw him be able to play with his back against the goal, which is imperative. Um, 
for for him and Juve. Um, and him and Chiesa up front as a strike force is very, very good. Um, and I thought Chiesa is, continues to take steps, small steps in the right direction. And this Juve is going to hit form after Christmas. This is go- it's going to be one of those classic Allegri seasons. I think Juve are going to really hit their stride after Christmas. Um, I mean, we'll and- see. We'll see if he. I mean, listen. We'll see if he can con- continue. So far, he is. He's doing very well, Allegri. Um, and he's. 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 I mean, to, to be two points away from Inter at this stage, I think most Juventus fans would have signed for that at the start of the season. Um, if he can continue this. I think the, if Juventus are going to really um, launch a, a, a realistic title challenge, then I think if they are, let's say, still only two points, two or three points behind Inter come March or April, or let's say March, then I think they do have a, they definitely have a chance. Not only because there's not long left of the season, but also because. We expect Inter to be in the, the knockouts, well, the, the, the quarterfinal onwards of the Champions League. That is when the games are, are going to take it out of Inter from, from then onwards. Um, so, so I think if they, I think Allegri's, that's probably also why Allegri was happy to play for the draw. His, his, his uh, you know, that's his view. If we can just stick with them till around March, then their extra games, their Champions League games are going to take it out of them. We can maybe then exactly. That's no, that is his. That is yeah. his, his, his. There's no doubt that that's his. That's his uh, strategy. But I have to. The tactical battle was fantastic. It was so so interesting to see what he was doing, um, in terms of how tightly he was marking Inter's um, like the, the Inter wing backs, especially Di Marco. I thought it was incredibly important. For Juve to minimise Di Marco's ability. Yeah, Di Marco didn't have a good game actually. In, no, he didn't have a good game. Yeah, he wasn't was David also, Beckham. He no, wasn't David Beckham in this well, game. David Beckham, <laughs> or maybe he was in some ways. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, look, if, that's the thing though. Di Marco's not a dribbler. He's not very quick. Um, and what you need from him, uh, you know, he needs time to be able to deliver crosses. Juventus completely shut down Inter's left side by marking him tightly. They didn't give him a second. Uh, and whenever he got the ball, he was he was with his back against uh, the Juventus goal. That was a tactical decision by Juve to to mark Di Marco tightly, um, and and that was it worked perfectly because it completely neutralised Inter uh, on, on the left flank. And of course, with Pavard and and and, and Bastoni not there, who usually offer the overlap, Acerbi did well. I mean, defensively, I thought it was very good, um, but. You know, he, in going forward, as good as as good a left foot as, as he's got, he's nowhere near as good in terms of overlaps as um, as uh, Bastoni would be. So, I think Allegri handled this game perfectly tactically. Uh, if mm. I'm perfectly, if honest, we look at the positives, easy. the positives from the players' point of view from Juventus, I um, I, I have to praise Vlaovic. Um, I've been critical. We've both been critical, uh, rightfully so, um, because he just hasn't done enough for Juventus in, in his time. Well, nearly two years now. Coming up two years, he's been at Juventus. Um, but he was he was for the goal. He was great. Um, not only was it a great finish, it was a difficult finish as well. When the ball's ru- coming across you, you're running onto it, especially with your weaker foot. That that is a lot more difficult than than it than it looks. And he and he, and he guided it into the bottom bottom corner, buried it. Great finish. Um, but but the build up in the way that he won the ball, but then he also had the 
the the the composure to and uh, and the confidence to find Chiesa, um, uh, and then make the correct run to, to and then like I said, the finish as well. Mm. Um, so yeah. I thought that was good, and it, and 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 you know that's an eight game streak without a goal. We'll see if he can build on it. The celebration yeah. kind of said it all, as if he was with his hands, as if to say, you know, shush, kind of shushing his critics, silencing his critics. Um, but not just that. I, I thought his hold-up play was was much better in this game. Still not yeah. perfect. It's, it's 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 not perfect. He still does. He still had some some moments where he he miscontrolled some some really simple balls. But overall, if you look at the number of of balls he was holding up and laying off, he was he was definitely much much better with his hold-up play in in this game. In fact, I think Allegri said it was his his best game um, for for Juventus. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would go that far, but I thought he I thought he was Juventus's best player. Uh, in this game for me. Um, so I, I, I think that we have to give credit for Vlaovic. Um, I thought he gave De Vrij quite a few, quite a few questions, quite a few, posed quite a few questions to De Vrij uh, in, in this game. I won't say he dominated De Vrij, but I think mm-hmm. he, 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 he gave him problems in, in this game. And that's what, that's what you want from a bit. I mean, he's a big guy, Vlaovic. He should he's be huge. using his, he should be throwing his weight around a little bit more. And I think he did, he did do that in this game, the way he won the ball for the goal, but also, you know, just, just, just his aggression and, and his, and his determination, he seemed more, more like he's been a bit defeatist in games recently. He he was this game. He was more. He played like a winner. He played like he. This was his pitch, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I I like that from him. I also like Chiesa. Uh, I, I liked him a lot. Um, obviously, he was fantastic for Italy in, in the, very important for Italy in their qualification in those two games. Um, and he, he, his first half, he was excellent. Uh, brilliant assist for the Vlaovic goal. He should have scored himself before that. Um, yeah, that was the other good, ch- only other good yeah. chance Juventus had in the game where he just he curled it over. Uh, he, he should have. But I think that it was very interesting, you say, from a tactical point of view with Chiesa. He was drifting a left a lot. If you actually mm. look at his heat map, he was mm. virtually playing as a left winger in the first half. He was, he was, a, he was a left winger. He wasn't playing as a centre mm. forward. Um, which I thought was very, very interesting. And I wonder if it was deliberate from, from Allegri and, and maybe something that they should be looking to do more from, with Chiesa. Um, say, you know what, just just push over to the left more. Um, and when, when you need to come into the centre to, to assist Vlaovic or the other centre forward, do it. But in this game, he was drifting over to the left and he's so much more confident. You know, he loves it. He loves picking that ball right on the touchline, running at players and... There was a couple of free kicks. Maybe he could have got, and 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 you know he was he was lively. He was he was sharp, um, and you know so I really like the second half. I mean, <laughs> Juventus barely crossed the halfway line, so he he really didn't he didn't really do much in the second half. But um, but yeah, I thought I thought that that he was very good, and it, and it was interesting because in the build up to the game, and I know you would have loved this. It, there, there was whole spalletti. comparison. This whole comparison with 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 Yannick Sinner, who's the this golden, but the golden boy of, of, of tennis in Italy, and who who beat Novak Djokovic on on the Saturday, uh, and then led Italy to the to the Davis Cup. They won the Davis Cup, which is like the World Cup of tennis. It's the first uh, first Davis Cup Italy have won since I think nineteen seventy six, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a great big big day for Italian, big big week and weekend for Italian tennis, and the whole build up with, with Yannick Sinner and all the newspapers were saying, you know. Chiesa is is Italy's is the sinner of ten, of football for Italy, and they asked the, <laughs> they asked Allegri in the pre match press conference, uh, you know, do you agree? Is 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 uh, is Chiesa the the the, the sinner? Is he is he the, the Italy's uh, you know Yannick Sinner? 
and and uh, <laughs> Allegri said, "Ma, ma, ma Chiesa plays tennis." <laughs> like, just it was just. Oh my god, I love him so much. <laughs> that man is just like the way he he's so, I mean, he's just. <laughs> it was typical Allegri. It it's was typical, typical Allegri. Allegri. But yeah, I thought I thought he was really really good. I thought he was really good. Um, other than that, I thought Cavilia did okay. I thought he did decently. I think everybody was painting him, building him up to be this big weak link that Inter were just going to cut through him, you know, straight through the center. I thought he did all right. I mean, I didn't think he was amazing. Um, I didn't think, but I didn't think he disgraced himself. I don't think he he wasn't a weak link in the team. I thought second half he he Inter took over quite a lot, but I wouldn't put that just down to him. I would put that down just to the mentality. Uh, he came off for Locatelli in the 16th. I thought Locatelli was very good, actually, when he came on. You saw the difference in class. I thought he was spraying the ball around well. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, Caviglia did, did, did decently. The only negatives, really, uh, in terms of big mistakes in this game, was the Lautaro goal. It was uh, Rugani made a huge mistake. Um, he he come charging out like, a, like a, as I say, like a fireman going to the wrong fire. Um, to 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 try and make a tackle that he could he could never win, uh, and he was then out of the game. He, he was completely out of the game, and then Inter had a two on two, which um, which they which they you know we'll we'll, we'll come to Inter. We'll, we'll give them credit. It was brilliant goal as, as well. Brilliant play from Lautaro with the movement. Uh, it was a great assist from Turan, but but it was it was a, yeah. And Bremer was, got completely owned by Turan in that in that in that, in that you know one yeah. on one. But this is what happens when once you have two on two at the back, you know this can happen. But this was Rugani was was was, was a terrible mistake from Rugani, mm. uh, and uh, I mean Legati got done by the Lautaro movement. But you know I like to give credit more to the to the striker for that. Mm. When it, when it comes to movement, I always think it's difficult for a defender. To, when you've got movement like that, it's hard. You don't know where the player where the player's going to go um, when you're in that situation. But Rugani, Rugani definitely massively at fault for the goal. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I, I can't pick out too many uh, criticisms of uh, of Juventus players, Juventus individuals. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think so either. I think they showed that you know they played to their strengths. They are building themselves up um, and it's, you know, they have a goal and that's to finish in the top four. And if they already this season can mount a serious title challenge, then that is a gross overachievement by this Juve. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I still think that, I, I think it's going to be between Inter, Juve and Milan. I think it's going to be a three-horse race. I think Milan will recover or already have begun to recover. Um, but yeah, no, Juve are, looking, are positioning themselves in a very, very good place. Okay, let's move on to it just from the Inter point of view then. Um, obviously, we have to start with Lautaro. I mean, it's, it's a great goal from the, Inter, from the Inter point of view. It's a fantastic goal and, it, and it's brilliant. What I Lautaro. think is the most important thing for Inter from this perspective is that the way they react, the maturity they showed. If this was last year and Juve scored that opening goal, there's no chance in hell Inter equalise. They lose that game. But they didn't. They were calm. They were assertive. They were... Um, they didn't. They weren't frantic. They were controlled. They acted like a big team, and they imposed themselves accordingly. Uh, there was the, the the passing was sharper after the goal. They were more concentrated because I think a lot of the times a lot of simple, stupid, unforced errors in the passing, which is so easily avoidable, and you can't really afford to do that at this level. But they they just upped the level, uh, created two chances, equalized. I think the goal. I don't think it was a huge error like that at all. I think I think it wasn't like Juve's goal who was was created from Denzel Dumfries showing what a mediocre football player he is. 
But here, this was something to create it um, from passing. It was it was it was a giocata. You know, it, it was it was it was passing. It was movement. It was crispness. It was it was uh, it was a fantastic movement from from uh, from a, a move from from start to finish. Nine passes, I think, I counted to. Uh, and of course, Lautaro. They know Lautaro loves the ball in there. The, like he wants the ball there, squared a little bit down, so he can run onto the ball with his right foot. Um, and this is his Inter. It's clear this he is the captain of this Inter. This is what he wants to, you know, th- he's the leader, he's the central figure. And you saw that throughout the game. He was all over the pitch. He was helping out in defense. He was marking Vlaovic on corners and doing so really well. He was linking up. He was driving the ball. Um He's he's he he is he, he this is his Inter and he is the captain and he's taking responsibility and another goal. I mean, if he continues like this, he's going to hit thirty goals in the Serie A alone, which is truly remarkable. I mean, twenty-seven goals in 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 in, in the calendar year already, and there's quite a few games left. He's going to hit thirty-eight if he carries yeah. on at this well, rate. Yeah, he's exactly. got one a game. Yeah, exactly. It's it's absolutely unbelievable, and yeah. and you know he's he's. Um, it's that has always been his weakness, the, the the consistent goal scoring, and he's kind of put that away. And he's scoring important goals as well. I mean, this was his first goal at the Allianz Stadium, the equalizer against Allegri, a team, an Allegri team, or any Allegri team. You don't want to go a goal down against them. Um, but he yeah. interacted really well, and I thought. And also, Maltaro, until then, he wasn't he wasn't actually doing anything until no? that stage, and that, that's also in a, a way that's, a that's also a sign. Yeah. yeah, that's also a sign of, of, of a. Of a, of a striker, of a striker, of a, of a penalty box striker as well. Mm. It was a penalty box. It's a great move. It's brilliant movement. Mm. It's fantastic. See, I, I've seen a lot of people criticise Gatti. I, I tend to, in these situations, I tend to give more credit to the striker because I know it's really, really difficult for a defender in that situation where the ball is coming in from the side. You're one-on-one marking with the defender and you what do you do? Because the, the defender has, has the advantage on you because he, yeah. he can move send you one way and then go to the other, and which is what he did. He sent him the dummy uh, to the, as if he's going, uh, coming out or going to the, to the flat post and then comes and then he goes near. And it, it's really, I don't think there's too much Gatti can do there, honestly. I think it's difficult for Gatti once they're in that situation. I don't criticise Gatti that much as a lot of people have. Mm. Uh, I think from Juventus' point of view, the, the problem is, is earlier on. But, you know, with any goal, there's always going to be, even a brilliant goal like this from Inter's point of view, you know, and Juventus' goal was brilliant from Juventus' point. There's always going to be a mistake from the, in order to allow Yeah, but there happen. are differences, levels to mistakes. What Denzel Dumfries did in the Juve goal was genuinely, astonishingly poor and abysmal. This guy, we we he's done good numbers this season, but he's just not good enough at this level. And you saw that again. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a headless chicken on a level that... Well, it was a technical error. He's a technically... He, 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 he didn't control the ball, you know. So, I mean, yeah. that's how he's lost it. Um, because he's a technically inept player the, you yeah. know that his technically he barely he's yeah. barely swedish third tier i've literally seen swedish th- i know swedish third tier players who are technically better than denzel dumfries personally know them it's it's astonishing to me how you can run like that with the ball you got the ball controlled and you just run around with it like a like a drunk idiot on a weekend on a on a bar street somewhere it's it's absurd He's, he doesn't know what he's doing. And the same thing again, his understanding and reading of the game drives me insane. You intercreate and build something great. And Lautaro's apply the finish and he's standing there like a drunk, like a drunk idiot. 
It's just, oh my God, the the sooner this man leaves Inter, the happier I'll be. I'm tired of it. He just he's, he's just he's just in the way. In these games against the top teams, Denzel Dumfries is in the way. He can do it. He's, he showed that he can do it against the smaller teams, and that's great. But Inter need to upgrade that right wing back position. It's, it's getting atrocious. He steps on the ball like a toddler, time and time and time again. It's it's embarrassing. Come on. We were talking about Inter winning the Serie A and, and the starting fullback for a team that's challenging for the Serie A, the favorite favorites to win the Serie A is this guy. It's eh, come on, it's 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 frustrating mm. to watch and it's getting worse every every. It just it just doesn't get better. I mean, yes, Barella had a bad game in terms of passing. Di Marco was probably the worst player on the pitch. You can have bad games. That's fine. That happens. But it's the technical errors, the level of technical ability of Denzel Dumfries is not at Serie A top class level. It just isn't. And his read of the game is 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 what pisses me off the most. How can you be so poorly positioned time and time and time again? And I think the broader point of this is, and I was talking to one of our patrons because well, I was watching the game with you, Juan. This is because football has gone away from skill to athleticism. That's why players like Denzel Dumfries can have a career. He's not very skillful, but he's athletic. And so he has a career. I would agree with 10, that. 10, 20 years yeah. ago, Denzel Dumfries does not even play in... No, I agree, with, I, I agree with you there. I think you can say that about a lot of players in, in today's football. I agree with, I agree with you there. I, do, I, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, he's still been the best, he's still been the best player in his position in Serie A this season, but he didn't, he didn't have a good game and he was at fault for the goal. No doubt about it. But so was Rugani. Rugani, there's, there's, that's is equally to blame. No, it's not equally as blame well, because is, Rugani did not give the ball away. Rugani misread the situation. Yeah, but all Rugani had to do was, was hold back and you've entered have three on two Inter don't score that goal so he's just as much he's just as much to blame um, as, 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 as in fact I would say more to blame um, because Juventus <laughs> still had to still Juventus still had to create the chance and score it whereas you know they're, they're left two Look, on two for the goal as well De, De Frey was ball watching oh, that happens mistakes and goals happen but when you create the chance Denzel Dumfries created the chance for Juve there was nothing there and he created it that's the difference. Rogani didn't create the. Well, chance. he did. He created the opening. You don't. You don't have the opening. The opening. He didn't not create there. the it's chance, crazy. Carlo Dumfries created the chance by running. But the chance isn't possible if Rogani holds back. It's like it was the same thing we said with Scalvini when when England scored that third goal when he came charging out like a madman and then suddenly left all the space open. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the same. It's the same with that. You know, Rogani's been good. You know, this season mm. he's been he's played he's been surprisingly good. But he, he I mean, uh, Allegri said it at the end of the game. It was ridic- very very naive defending. No, oh, he is a naive defender, and he he you know he does it, but you know it's, it's, it is what it is. But mm. let's let's move on anyway. To, let's move on to on to Milan now. Who, who but I got to say though, for Inter, from just finally, just Marcus Teram. Yeah, <sighs> Inter don't keep this guy. Like he is world class. This is the seriously. If he starts scoring and finishing off chances, because he had two or three chances where he should have done better. But if he starts scoring and becoming a 25-30 goal. A season striker, he has everything else. His linker play is outstanding. His technique, dribbling, um, his read of the game, his passing, his timing. Now, nah, I'm sorry, Inter fans enjoy this while you can mm. because this guy. I, I think someone's coming in the summer for him. If he continues like this, yeah, he's been great. Coming, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I think it's too early to call him world class, but nah, I mean, he's, he, he's he, been world class so far. There's, you can't tell me that th- so far he's not been world class. He has been world class so far. Whether or not he can maintain it throughout the season, we'll see. But if he continues like this, 
They're the, some, the big the big dragons in Europe, financial big dragons mm. are going to come in with some. He does need to goals. score more goals. Actually, Fabio Cannavaro said that yeah. um, this week. He said that yeah. goals are more important than, than assists for attackers in Serie which I'm not sure I agree mm, with anymore in 2023. Agree with that. Uh, I don't agree with 10 that. years ago, 20 years ago, absolutely mm. spot on. But I'm not mm. sure I'd agree with that now. But mm. but but um, but yeah, he's he, yeah great assist again. He's got six, the most assists in Serie yeah, uh, Let's move on to Milan. Yeah. Milan Fiorentina now. Um, this was not a good game. Um, from Milan, in my in my point of view, I don't think they played well, and I think they were lucky to 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 win this game. Um, they 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 had no, well, they created nothing uh, really until the the penalty that they got in injury time in the first half when um, Teo Hernandez burst burst through and scored. Um, and then I think Fiorentina really they were they were all over them second half trying to trying to get the equaliser. They created so many chances um, and they couldn't put them away. And the same old problem for Fiorentina. They missed a virtually an open goal right at the end. They had the whole goal to put it in Mandragora and kicked it, hit it straight at Magnon, uh, which was kind of a miracle save. Um, so, you know, I didn't think Milan were good, um, but they, you know, they, they got the win. And I think Teo Hernandez needs to be given a lot of praise for that. I mean, the attack didn't was doing nothing for Milan at all, <laughs> nothing at all, which is kind of understandable because you know they had yeah. no Giroud, they had no Rafael yeah. Leal, um, and but he you know took matters into his own hands and won the penalty, scored it, and he also created the other, only other really big chance they yeah. had when Jovic went through, did a great through ball, and of course Mike Magnon as well, he saved them, he saved them at, at the end, and he didn't know too much about it, but he he saved them, um, but. Yeah, I, I I didn't like Milan at all in this game, Nima. I'll be honest with you, didn't like them. Uh, I thought they were lucky, very very lucky to win this game. Um, the Jovic, I think we can write him off now completely. <laughs> I think we can what? completely write him off. This the thing with Jovic is again, you know, when things go too quickly, too fast, it can ruin a career. He was good at Frankfurt. And he was he, he wasn't he was good. Really, he was great in his first. He, I mean, he was yeah. so. It was such an interesting player. He had no business going to Real Madrid. That step was far, far too quick and too high for him. And since then, he's been invisible. He's it, the career is dead. Mm. You know, and it can ruin a player's career, a talented player's career. It's and I think bizarre. It it's not like he's had an injury either. No, like, it's not like he's had a bad injury. Like it's bizarre. He's just, his development is so. Even when he went off. back to Frankfurt, he was bad. Like yeah. it's 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 weird. It's very yeah, bizarre. It's, his development has completely gone to shit, um, and and it just goes to show you have you you have to plan your career carefully, step by step. Mm. Um, if you take a too big a step, you can ruin it, and that's I feel he's done that here. Yeah. I really think he's I'm, done I'm, that here. I agree. I agree. I, I'm also not. I'm also been very disappointed with Chukwueze so far in his Milan yeah, career. Yeah, he's not had a good time. You he's know. not had a good start, and no. he he's he's um, yeah he gets the ball and he looks lively. He looks like he's got these little little movements, but he doesn't really seem to penetrate. Penetrate, which is weird as, because uh, if there was something I was expecting him to do was just mm. that to penetrate and yeah. be more sharper. But he's been anything. Whenever but. I hear the word penetrate, I always think of Klaus Schwab when he when he when he always, he always uses the word, we penetrate to the governments of the of the <laughs> penetrate. He can't penetrate like Klaus Schwab. Jesus he's, Christ! He can't. Sorry, it's just that word. The word penetrate. It just, it just reminds me. Of, um, but yeah, he can't. He can't. It doesn't seem to really part, go it's, past his man that well. Yeah. Um, he's 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 lively. He's nippy. 
but he doesn't mm. seem to really penetrate. No, but he doesn't have bite. It, it doesn't yeah, have bite. bite. That's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Like, he doesn't have yeah. bite. He's got, his bark is louder than his bite. Uh, he's yeah. very blunt in, his, in, in, in the things he does. In his and, final product, and I think he's yeah. got no goals and one assist so far. Yeah. And it's weird. I, I expected him to do better, to be honest. There is some quality there, so I don't want to write him off like I'm writing off Jovic. And you remember, if anybody saw the goal that he scored against Bayern Munich for Villarreal in the Champions League mm. when they when Villarreal knocked out Bayern mm. not last season, but the season before, like there is a player there, so I'm not going to write him off. But so far, he, yeah, he, he's not. Yeah, I, I've expected a lot more from him, and so I think Milan did as well. I mean, that's why they bought him and Okafor for games like. I mean, Okafor was injured as usual; he's always injured, but. This is this is the game that you want. You need Chukwueze to, to 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 come out and do something because Giroud and Liao are out, and these are the players they bought. But they didn't have these players last season. You know they would be, they would play, be playing Messias or Salamaker. So they bought Chukwueze to be an upgrade on these players, and so far he hasn't been. He no. hasn't been an upgrade on them, and they spent a lot of money on him as well. So yeah, I was disappointed with. Him. I thought Pulisic was decent, um, but yeah. I, I, I yeah the, the Milan attack was was not good in this game no it wasn't but at the same time they're kind of they've gone through some difficult periods and things have been difficult for them and 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 they've been heavily criticized and quite rightly so and they're trying to find themselves Uh, and i think in 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 that aspect i think this was a step in the right direction um for them yes i think you can say they were a little bit lucky to win um but i feel like they they were better than fiorentina and i think they deserve to win it if i'm perfectly honest um, I think if you if we go to Fiorentina, like <laughs> people, well, it's just the same play. problem with Fiorentina. It's, it's just we repeat ourselves as the. It's Groundhog Day. Fiorentina, Fiorentina didn't deserve to lose this game. They had they. You look at the xG. They had a high, yeah. much higher xG than Milan. They created m- many more chances than, than Milan. It's the same problem all the time. The attack is just terrible. It's awful. It's absolutely but horrible. See, this is the thing that I don't think that they play that well in attack. I just don't think Italiano is doing a good enough job. And I know, you know, I agree with you in the terms that the attack is not good enough. No, they doubt. still created it. If you if you look at the chance creation in this game, they created the chances in this game. Other games, I agree with you that sometimes it can be a little bit, you know, sterile and predictable. Sometimes, and that, that's that, that, the word in I'm that sense. Go with, in that sense, you, in that in no, on those games, yes, but you can't you can't blame Italiano in this game. I mean, look at the chances they created. I mean, Belt Tram was one on one and let the ball roll and then, and then yeah. had a touch like a like a like a Lukaku <laughs> at Man United. You know, I mean it was I mean it was horrible. And then and then um and then the chance at the end with Mandragora, how can you miss that chance at, mm. at the end? You've got the whole yeah. goal to put it in to put it the only place that that that, that that the keeper can save. Um, you know, I, I mean the XG on that Mandragora chance must be like 0.99. Mm. I mean, no, it's like, that's a bad miss. I mean, it's terrible, but you know, but you, they, but then they do have the lack of quality as well. I mean, Beltran has been Beltran's really not been good at all. He hasn't even scored yet in Serie A this season. I spoke to Dan Edwards, our friend of the show, who's a bit, who's the big, big, big expert oh, on all South, South American football. And he, he, um, yeah, he said to me, he goes, I, I didn't expect him to 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 to, to be a success at Fiorentina. And he's rarely wrong, uh, Dan. Yeah, so yeah. that doesn't yeah. bode well, I think. <laughs> Unzola was a handful. He he actually was a handful, a handful. But but technically, but, but, but yeah, that's that, yeah. God. When you're calling someone a handful, I think that's immediately kind of telling you kind of quite a, quite a lot about the, what kind of player they are. 
you know. Um, so yeah, and Sotil, I mean, just nothing. He he is he is the the epitome of a of a of a of a headless chicken. You know, he he just just runs. He, he's like a like Gary Neville once said. You know, he he runs around. He's like a when you're you're controlling a FIFA player without you know without the control pad. He just just he's just brainless. Um, so. Yeah, and then Italiano, I think Italiano said it at the end of the game. He says, I don't know if it's talent, ferocity, determination. I just know that with this second half, we cannot go home without even scoring a goal, at least one goal. It's disappointing. You come to San Siro, you pin Milan back in their own half, you don't get anything to show. They're the next year of two, over two in this game. Um, so very frustrating from Fiorentina, but we're going to say this. Yeah. We're going to repeat ourselves all season. No, we are. And, and, and I think that, but, 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 the Nico Gonzalez is just he, but he I, was wasteful as well in this game. Yeah, but he's he still, was he's very quali- wasteful. Yeah, but he's a quality player. He's a I mean, he's an amazing player, but he was wasteful like, as well. Like if he played for Milan, Milan would be. I think like for me, that's the final miss j- missing piece of the Pioli jigsaw puzzle is Nico Gonzalez on the right hand side for Milan. If they are able to sign him mm. with Leao on the left. <laughs> They, they, they will have. I, mean, I think. He's, thing, I think Napoli as well. I think. I think yeah. he's good enough for any of the big team. He's good mm. enough for anyone in Syria. He's that good. He's, 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 he's so he's, good. And the thing, I'm, he's such, he's so good in the air as well. Like he's mm. people don't overlook that. Um, no, I, I think Nico Gonzalez is decent. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But he was wasteful as well. He had some good. He had some good chances himself um, that he that he should have done yeah. better on. So I'm not going to uh, absolve him from criticism. No, no, absolutely not. Well. Absolutely not. But there was. What a did bit you of- think? What did you think of the the, the Ruben Loftus Cheek incident when it hit his hand? Because it's a t- for me, it's a difficult one. And Italiano admitted this at the end of the game. He said, "Look, if it hits the the the, the, the body first and then onto the hand, it's not a penalty." Which is true. That's that's mm. that's in the rules. Yeah. But but what about if your hand is is well that's in, in already in a very very unnatural position, which it was. It was it was it was out to his side. So what I'm a bit Probably unclear on that. Like. Yeah. I, I think it's 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 a difficult because I mean they the referees always say don't they that you know you have to look at the whole situation as a whole there's also the aspect of deliberate unnatural position there's so many different factors to take into consideration I think it's one of those situations where you can't you can't you can't complain if it's given you can't really complain you can argue it both ways to me I think it's a very very tricky dis- decision I do think it's clumsy of him to have his arm out there and and I'm more inclined to giving it because of the position of his arm or hand, mm. but it's um, mm. that's what I mean. Because like, imagine, but then again, yeah. I look at it and it goes off his thigh. Like, what if if that's deliberate? Then then he's a magician. Well, it's like, not deliberate, <laughs> but that's not important, is it? Yeah. No, well, but, it is important. There is a, there is that aspect of it, and and it's like. Oof, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's a difficult one. I would like a referee to explain this one to me because this has happened a few times where, where it's, it's come off the, the part of the body onto the hand, which means it shouldn't, in law, be a handball. But because there it's, in su- it's in such an unnatural position that, you know, should it be a penalty? So, yeah, I, I would like to referee to explain that one because it's a, it's a difficult one for me. Um, Francesco Camada, though, that was the big talking point going into the game and he did come on. So, Francesco Camada breaks the record as the youngest Serie A player of all time. 15 years and uh, I can't remember how many days, um, but it wasn't the number of days that the Serie A official account put out on, on, we'll come on to that, on Twitter. But he becomes the the youngest player ever to make his debut in Serie A, surpassing Wisdom uh, uh, Ame, 
um, who debuted, I think, 2021, I think it, it was. He came on in the 83rd minute. He ended up playing seven minutes plus seven minutes of, of stoppage time, so a good 14, 15 minutes. Um, how many times do you think he touched the ball, Nimmer, in this game? Um, barely once. Once. He touched the ball once, and it was a defensive touch as well yeah. when he was chasing off the ball and kind of got a nick on it, trying to trying to win the ball back. So he actually didn't didn't have possession of the ball once in the, in the whole game. So there's kind of like not much to say about it because that's that that that's how much like it was all Fiorentina that like they were just in the in the Milan half. So he, he didn't even barely get a chance. But I mean, it's a great story. It's an amazing amazing story. Look, I think Milan. I I'd like Milan to protect him a little bit more. I I don't like the way. It's a cool story, like you said. It's fun, but he's only fifteen. Okay, um, he's only fifteen. And he needs to be protected. He needs to continue playing where he's playing and and, and, and scoring there and developing and, and slowly being built up. Because, like we said with Jovic, if the step's too big, you can burn, you can destroy a career. And I don't want a career that hasn't even begun yet to be destroyed. We've seen this in the past as well with players that aren't ready to play at a level. Um, and they're called on, and and it's a it's a great story. I'm happy for his family and the, the, the images of his mother and father crying in the stands were were beautiful. They were so proud. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. But let's let's let him develop in peace. You know, it's it's so Italian. It's so typically Italy. We don't let any youngsters play, and then we go after fifteen year olds. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just like, do you know what I mean? Like, can we can we not can we do this with moderation, please? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great story. It's, it's, um, it's a wonderful, you know, it's, it's a, it's a nice story, but I'd like people to, I like Milan to protect him. I'd like him to, to be able to play with the under 19s first to the under 21s, maybe, uh, you know, that. Well, he is. Yeah, he is yeah. Yeah. Let him play with the older youngsters. Do not throw him in the deep end in, in the Serie A. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that to an extent they played him because they literally had no one else. Oh, I get I that. Mean, so get that. in this sense, it was it was, and it's only of, seven eight minutes it was, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was, was kind of enforced, and I don't think he will play that much um, yeah. once the players come back. I mean, Giroud will be back for the Champions League game, mm. and um, but then again, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jovic is the only player you've got. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, you, but come on. <laughs> Jovic can play like who knows he might even score. I mean, but, he might even score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Camarda's only fifteen years old. Like, yeah, come on, I mean, he's done amazing crazy. things for the youth team. Over five hundred goals, and, and if anybody saw the goal that he scored against PSG in the UEFA Youth League uh, a couple of weeks ago, so you'll see what a what a special talent it is. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I I do think though that um, that, that I mean, the one thing I do want to talk about um, again. I'm sorry that we have to keep going on about this, but just showing how badly Serie A is marketed. You know, this is a this is a historic moment in Italian football. This is the youngest player that's ever. It was played. the biggest talking point going into the game as well. Like, the, yeah, you, everybody. You I mean, yeah, this was an unplanned. For it. Yeah, this was this wasn't something that you'd be unprepared for as a, as a as a marketing team, as a social media team. And then the Serie A social media team put out a tweet when he when he comes onto the pitch, and. They get his age wrong. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, there's you've only got one job to do. Just the story is his age. That's the story. 
The fact that he's the youngest player in Serie A history. That's the story. That's his age. the story. That's the only thought. That's the only that thing that's remember. important is his age. And you get his age wrong. And by by about four months wrong as well. So not even close. Not not like you're one day out, you know. It, you know, it, it can happen. <laughs> you're no, four yeah. months or four months out. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I mean, I've said it how many times. They, they can't sell a life jacket on the Titanic, these people. And then the follow-up tweets were just as bad. <laughs> just, as, just as bad. Embarrassing. They Is put out a list of... They, they put out yeah. a tweet which was horribly presented um, with no with no no emojis, just just a list of text, a block of text, no spaces, and listing the things that um, that had already been invented or come out before Kamada <laughs> was born. And they put out a list of things, the most random stuff. It was all American stuff. You know, this is going to a global audience. It was all American stuff. Like the American office had already come out. Oh my god! I mean, it's like. Who As cares? if that's some like sort of life-altering yeah, exactly. event in human yeah. history, whether if, if mm. even if it's a life-altering event but, in American uh, history. Man on the man on man on the moon, internet internet created yeah. American office has, has mean, come out. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, these people. Bloody I mean, hell. who the hell are they that run this account? And they've con- they've conquered North America, Carlo. You don't understand oh, it. Yeah, conquered North America. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and then they do, and then they do. They put out this other tweet, and and I get Is people. He him? I get people calling me a boomer, but I'm sorry. I've, I've spoken to people. I've spoken you to youngsters. <laughs> I've spoken to kids. Is he him? I've spoken to kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you've spoken to kids? I've asked youngsters about me. Like, you know. Spoken to kids. Yeah. What do you mean you've got, you've gone to like Bedford Primary School? And well, we have, a, we have a youth. Listen, we have a youth offenders facility opposite <laughs> our, 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 opposite the cake That's shop. We do. We have so a youth. Have of- you been asking them? Yes. I'm yes. We do. We have a youth offenders facility that's like just literally, <laughs> literally opposite the, the baker at the cake shop. I know very well because one of them was joyriding about 15 years ago and they crashed and right, right off my car. It was parked outside the bakery. Across from the cake shop. Yeah. What do you mean? You just waltzed in there and said, hello, young delinquents. No, no they, they're always outside. They're drinking the cans of Fosters outside. outside. <laughs> no, he just went none of them, them had heard of this. Is he him? It's obviously an American thing. It's obviously something that Americans use. I know? think it's an NBA thing from yeah. what I understand. And I don't watch basketball because yeah. I think it's the most boring sport in the world. But You're catering to a global audience. You do not cater to a, to a, the audience of one country. And that's it. That That's simple as that. If you're trying to grow your team, you're not only focusing on America, but they, there's the marketing team that are running the Serie A now seem to think that only America exists, that nothing else exists. I mean, it's, it's, it's just embarrassing. Uh, is he him? What the hell is this? What does it mean? And then they quote tweet it and put yes, he, yes, he is or something. I mean, what is this? I mean, I mean, oh my! God. Even if it's a thing in America among among the among the youngsters, I'm sorry, it, your patrons. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Oh my god! Do you um, agree with me, Nimmer? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've seen people do this on Twitter for a long time, so I've seen it before. Like, is he like the, the thing is? Is he the man? Is he the main man? Like, that's what they're trying to go with. And is he him? Well, he's not yes, even a man. Well, he's, that's, he's a boy. that's the thing. He's fifteen <laughs> years old, and he had one touch in ten minutes. So, therefore, this take you know taking these victory laps over a fifteen-year-old who had one touch 
is is ridiculous. If he's if he'd done like Paloski, and you know, in his debut with his first touch, he scored the goal, or you know, or whatever, then then I understand the narrative pushing because you want interactions with your social media account. Get that, but he had one touch in 10, 10 12 minutes. He was. Hmm. He didn't do anything special. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it was a nice story. But is he... No, I have no problem with hyping him up because I do think it's a great story. Yeah. I do think it... And I know we have to be careful, but I have no problem with making a, you know, you know, putting tweets out, you know, celebrating this this, this yeah. historic moment. But that, that's the whole point. It's how, you know, it's the whole execution. It's just embarrassing. You get his age wrong. Then you put out some random, like you say moments that are not life old moments and then you put out a tweet like this is he him which is not the way that you do not sell that's not the way that you sell a market to a global no, audience no, putting out something that only americans or or people that follow american sport are gonna are gonna understand i yeah. mean it's just it's just no it's 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 an english if you do it in english you should do it's the kind of thing it. that we, we we laugh at you know when we we say that the english are are a very yeah. myopic, the, the English very media, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the you know the, about the Premier League, yeah, about the yeah. Premier League, but also yeah. like just the way that you know the people, the producers, and the the, the executives that run uh, the football media, the English speaking football media around the world, um, you know, and you get it even with some commentators that are on, say, like the World Feed, for example, and they're English, and they do they give references that only people in England will understand. Mm. You know, they talk about cricket, or you know, they talk about you know things like that, and it's like. You know, you're catering to a global audience. A global you don't audience, do stuff like that, yeah. and that's the, that's exactly this is an example of that. Mm. You know, to, to an American thing. I agree. Anyway, but like, yeah, but it's it was uh, it was uh, yeah. But I mean, I've seen it for many years on Twitter. Is he him? And then quote tweeting it. Yes, but to me, that whole thing feels like you're high fiving yourself, which is incredibly cringe to me. Um, <laughs> it it's just the whole thing was just the whatever. But it's a fun story. Maybe I I'm just a, maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. You reckon? Maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> you reckon? But I'm sorry. I think it's stupid. Um, it, yeah, it's a bit silly. <laughs> but he didn't do anything. I mean, had he done something, then fine. But whatever. No, but I think yeah. it's a good story, and I and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for his family, and and it's good for Milan's youth academy as well, and their entire setup to have someone at that age to, to show that to for for everyone else or his teammates to have something to you know that if you do well, if you work hard for a longer period of time, if you you know you you can actually get that chance that it's that the door is not completely shut. And I think that's a very positive thing. Yeah. So, but I would I want Milan to protect him now uh, and and to let him play with the under twenty ones, under nineteens, and so on and, and, and protect the kid because the there's he he has the ta- he has talent there's no doubt um you know but please take care of him like don't 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 burn him out yeah absolutely um okay right let's move on to napoli so it's a dream debut for napoli um mm-hmm. Nap- for for his uh as, as coach of napoli and napoli win 2-1 uh, at uh, atalanta and I think uh, I think he did pretty well for for his I debut. Thought I thought Napoli game. did pretty well. I thought it was we, we saw straight away. I I, 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 I I spotted this within five or ten minutes of a much more solid Napoli, uh, a team that was much better organised, was less open, defence more solid, but closer together. This is something that I was most critical about with Rudy Garcia was had the gaps between the defence and the midfield, and the midfield and the attack, and as you know, any kind of great coach uh, will tell you um, something that Enrico Sacchi has always hammered on about for, for, for decades and something that Spalletti has always said himself as well, 
the, the, the gaps between each department in the team has to be very compact and tight together. And that was something that we didn't have at Garcia. Certainly on the transitions, the teams and the departments were players were pulled all the way out of position. Mm. Um, we saw that straight away that the team was 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 a lot lot tighter together. Uh, and even though that definitely took something away from Napoli's um, attacking game, um, in terms of like Atalanta, I mean, I think Atalanta didn't create a single chance until injury time of the first half. Uh, and uh, as a get the game as a whole, um, I thought, yeah, Atalanta were were pretty were pretty limited. I thought they Atalanta were better in the second half. They come out a lot better in the second half. But I thought that Napoli were a lot more solid and they created enough chances to win this game. So I think it was a pretty good start for 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 Mazzari. It's a very it's a typical Mazzari start that you'd expect from Mazzari. Mazzari, look, he's a traghettatore. He's he's brought in here to to bring this ship into harbor to finish in the top four to finish respectively. You know, respectfully, end the season and, and do something decent. And and he knows how to organize a defense. You know, he knows how to create organization. He knows how to create structure. Um, and he has the attacking quality up front, which he had with the three tenors when it back in his first stint. He gives them creative freedom. He gives Osiman. He'll give Osiman, Raspadori, Kvicha, all these guys creative freedom in the final third, like he did. In um, with the Cavani, Hamshik, and Lavezzi, um, but he what he does is provide a very stable framework defensively and organisation wise for Napoli. Um, in, in in you know so that they have a plat so they have a, like a like a level to stand on and build from, and and that's exactly what we saw. Um, he he is organised. He is tactically tactically solid, uh, Mazzari. So and he knows Napoli, he knows the fan base, he knows the club. They like him. I mean, he was again. Let's remember, Walter Mazzari won the first trophy under the De Laurentiis era, their first trophy since the Maradona era. Uh, Mazzari brought them back to the European Cup, with the Champions League, finished second with them, which is something Napoli don't do historically very often. So he knows what it takes, and he has credibility at the club. He has credibility with the fan base. Um, in the city, so you know, I, I expect Napoli to to easily, comfortably finish in the top four. Now um, they could even, you know, who knows what he can do in 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 cup games and and, and yeah. No, I thought he did, I thought he had a good first game. I thought they looked pretty solid. Um, I thought spell in the second half. I thought Atalanta did well, but you expect that, you know, Atalanta are at home. They're a good team. You know, Atalanta are gonna are going to have their spell uh, in the game. And I thought they were they were much better in the second half, Atalanta. Um, but then, they, you know, the, Ossie, the, his, his substitutions paid off. You know, mm. the Garcia substitutions were a total disaster and frankly mm. bizarre at times. The mm. games, games where he was taken off Ossiman yeah. and Claret Skader. I mean, his double substitution worked. Ossiman and Elmas came on. Uh, Ossiman got the assist. Elmas scored the goal. Um, you know, so... You know, yeah, it was, it was a good coming back for Napoli is just he is so important. And Kvara, Kvara as well, looking so amazing. Amazing at the moment. Uh, amazing. Just, no, I love Did that. you see him over the international break? Yeah. I mean the three just, goals against Scotland and Spain. I mean he's he he's, he's he's yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Um the negative, of course, was the Oliveira injury, but luckily it's yeah. not I think there was fears it could be an ACL, but it's yeah. not. But he's he's gonna be out for a while. But that's 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 a negative. Um let's move on to the Roman clubs. Um so Roma win 3-1 and they continue their, their good form. I think now, Nima, mm. I think it's a five-horse race for the top four. 
Mm. I think. I think Roma are going to be there or thereabouts. I mean, I think. I think they're got, going to be there or thereabouts. I think they. I, um, I think they're going to challenge. I mean, look at their results. Look at their form. They, they are consistently picking up results now. Um, mm. So I. I think. Yeah. Don't sleep on Roma. I think they're. They're going to be dangerous for the. For well, they the, are going to be dangerous because they have very good firepower up front. Yeah. Um, and we saw that the the, the Dybala goal was just stunning. The link-up play between him and Lukaku is just yeah. unbelievable. Um, it was so beautiful. Uh, it was lovely, lovely move. Uh, no, look, they have the quality. I, 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 um, I have. Uh, I give Roma quite a good chance to to go far in in, in the Europa League. I think they mm. what they lacked last season was a little bit. Was was an att- was attacking, you know, they didn't have that edge up front. They have that now, um, and Lukaku is 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 working in an environment where he, where where he seems to be happy. And yeah. Ibala and him are working really well together, and I think Mourinho knows this will be his last season, and everyone knows it. But he's still, you know, he's motivated. He's got everyone else motivated. Mm. Um, they're only three but, points off the top four. They're only three points behind Napoli and, and, and five off in Milan. If it hadn't been for that disastrous start when, mm. when Lukaku hadn't start hadn't joined yet, hadn't played and 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 uh and they lost those first games, um mm. yeah, they would be they'd be in the top four now. So um I think yeah, I think I think don't sleep on them. I, I think it's definitely five playing for four places. Um, oh, there's I think there'd be thereabouts, but I still mm. think Napoli, Milan, Juve, Inter are Yes, but uh, well, they have uh, the edge. I think they yeah. have the edge over Roma. I think Roma will finish fifth uh, clearly. I think it's going to be a clear fifth, fifth spot. Mm. Finish. And the reason for that is also because Lazio are. I mean, it's just, it's just a. It's this it's isn't just a bad run of form. Now I think this looks like something that probably is going to last the season. Uh, I think um, they lose to Salernitana two one. Salernitana's first win of the season. They hadn't won a, a game all season. Um, Lazio were dreadful uh, again uh, in, in this game, and they they barely deserved anything from this game. They probably deserved to lose, and and this is something that um, I mean everyone was bad. I mean Immobile scored the penalty, but again nothing. The attack, nothing at all. The attack. This has been the most worrying thing. Lazio. The attack is offering nothing at the moment. Um, Zakani, Felipe Anderson, Zakani got injured as well. Um, Lazio have only scored four goals and I saw our patron our good friend uh, Stephen Moore tweet this in their last six games Lazio have scored just four goals three of which have been penalties and that really does sum, sum it up they, they they don't look like creating anything they look so slow and pedestrian going forward and sterile again to use that word um, and we've seen the defense is not the same as as like everything about Lazio this season is it, it, it's it's all it's all been bad really this season every department of the field the midfield hasn't been good they've even but they, they don't even have more possession in the opposition which is what you expect from 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 Sari teams um, the new signings haven't really I mean Tati Tati Castellanos has shown some spark but really that the new signings haven't worked um, it's, it's bad. Bad and now the question is, I mean, what about Sari's future? He even said at the end of the game, I'll quote him, he says, Something clearly is not working. If I was certain that I was the problem, then I would immediately step down. Um 
if over the next few days I evaluate and find that it is my fault, I will be the first to take the decision to walk away by speaking to the president. So, I mean, he's putting the question out there. I don't... I don't understand... I look at this and I, I, I just don't get what's going on. Um, I really don't understand what's happening with Sarri and Lazio. Um I, I'm I'm really I'm really confused by this. I think I didn't expect it to go like this, and I don't know is it because the players don't believe in him, then, or or is it a problem with with, with Lotito? I mean, I, I I'm I'm confused by this. I'm really confused by it. Um, but I do think it's like I said, it's you know he's a system coach. And when things don't work, it looks it looks bad. I mean, when Contes he was also a system coach, when his football isn't working, it looks awful and unwatchable. That's the thing. When you when these 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 system coaches, their system either fires on all cylinders, or it just looks this abysmal. And this is where we are. And and I don't know, you know, Lazio have committed quite a bit to the to the Sari project. So I don't know if sacking him would be the right move, but. In the, especially mid-season, because I feel like they would throw their season away. But I do think that if he's lost the dressing room, they have no choice but to sack him. It, it's it's a weird, it's yeah. a very weird situation. I, I don't know what to make of it. To the, be the fans, he's losing the fans. That's for sure. Yeah. I, 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 well, of I, course I said, he is. I've said that. I said that to you a few weeks ago. I've noticed that speaking to Lazio fans and also just seeing some of the just on social media, some of the you know the the big Lazio. Um, well followed Lazio fans on 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 um, on on Twitter, Facebook. They're they're they're, they're yeah. They're, he's losing them. Mm. No, I mean he's 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 getting frustrated um, when he says that. When he says those make those comments, that you know if you if you guys are not going to do be be professional and do what we can do, then then I'm out. Then I don't need this. Mm. Uh, and I get that. I get that. Um, I think. It's. It, I don't understand what the problem is, but I, I think it's. I think it's a mental glitch as well. I think their 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 confidence is shot. They're very. They're very very scared. They look scared on the pitch and insecure, and that's never a good look. Um, and I I wonder if Sari and his communication could also be a fault here because I think as much as you, you know, yelling and screaming and shouting. I mean, he said himself, "I'm being harder on them." Well, maybe you don't. You shouldn't be harder on them. Maybe what they need right now is not that kind of communication. What they need right now is someone to talk to them and and, and calm them down. And yelling and screaming and, and being hard, maybe not the way forward. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's a it's a very strange situation. I didn't expect this at all, to be honest. I really didn't. I thought I thought they would definitely dip. Uh, a lot this season because of the extra games and because they'd lost, you know, Milinkovic Savic and 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 Immobile was a bit older. But I, I didn't think that they would be as bad as they have been. I mean, they've lost more games than they've won this season. They've lost six. They've got six defeats in Serie A this season already. They lost eight in the whole of last season. Mm. Um, so you know, is 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 it's bad. It's bad, and it does look like it's something that's a system. Not systematic, but it, it doesn't look like something that you know is just a temporary thing. It, no, you know, this, it looks no, there like are issues. There are issues. Quali- they are lacking quality, though. At the end of the day, they are lacking quality, um, and and um, 
I think they overachieved massively last season. Uh, so. Yeah, but this is a crash, and and it's a crash that where the wheels are coming off, kind of thing. Hmm. I did not see that coming. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens against Celtic. Um, but I'm, in- I just got to say, I'm as much as I, you know, I I want Salernitana to stay up. Um, they, I'm happy that they were able to, to to salvage something from this game after going goal down. They needed that win badly. Um, you know, it was their first win um, of of the season, and it was it really came at, in, in the nick of time because you know now they have eight points and they're just two points off safety in Cagliari in in seventeenth on ten. So they needed this win. It was imperative, uh, and that that this is going to be an absolutely mad uh, relegation battle because we are talking. Well, five teams now: uh, Udinese, Cagliari, Empoli, Verona, Salernitana, with Genoa and Lecce just above, floating above on mm. three points. So it's I, this is a hornet's nest. I really don't know what to make of this. It's crazy. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Antonio Kandreva. Um I tweeted this straight after. I mean, his goal—that goal is an absolute missile. It's, it's an incredible goal. I mean, yes. It's a goalkeeper. It strictly is a goalkeeper mistake yeah, by Prober because it's straight at him. But the power and the late swerve on it is is insane. And I've said it before: Kandreva will go down as one of the best long range shooters of the last fifteen years in world football. There's no doubt about that. I I would love anybody's listening can find out the stats. I would love. I don't think it's possible to find them, but I would love to see the 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 rankings of the last ten to fifteen years of of number of goals scored outside of the area um, when we're not including direct free kicks. Um, I would love to see what the rankings are. I'm, I'm absolutely certain Kandreva will be top five in world football, probably top three for me mm. because the number of goals that he scored from long range, um, I mean, uh, He so hits many. the ball with this. He's got such a special technique and the ball swerves all over the place it looks like a like like a like a beach ball do you know what i mean like a like, like it's just the movement of the football is is weird yeah it's um, amazing he it. he's just it's, got an amazing amazing shot uh, he really has very very unique technique that yeah. he's got um but yeah no look it, it was a wonderful goal and 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 i'm happy for salernitana because again they are i, I really like their fan base i love the the it's it's a it's a nice story and it's it's a cool city and and I think they you know they're they're looking to the future they want to build a new stadium and and no I I, I want them to stay up I really do yeah absolutely right um, okay the rest of the fixtures so Cagliari draw one one with Monza uh, Empoli three <laughs> Sassuolo four which was an amazing mm-hmm. amazing game we had so many of these Berardi scoring two goals which led to Patrick Kendrick, our friend, um, spamming Twitter with, with, with Berardi <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> so that was uh, a great game. That was, that no, was a great And then Empoli almost made it 4-4 right after yeah. that as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and then Frosinone, we're talking about amazing finishers. Frosinone beat Genoa 2-1 with a 94th minute winner from Monterrey. What a season Frosinone and Di Francesco um, are having. And then um, Monday games are Verona versus Lecce and Bologna versus Torino. Um, just quickly reading out the fixtures for Europe. Um, so Tuesday, Champions League, big, big night for the Italian clubs on Tuesday. 
Um, Lazio play against Celtic in Group E and Milan play against Dortmund in Group F. These are two must-win must games, games for both teams. Um, I think that, well, from Milan's point of view, if they don't beat Dortmund, I think we can... Yeah, they're out. Unless they're very fortunate with the results going their other way in both the, the, the last two rounds, they're probably out. It's a, it's a must-win game for Milan. They, they have to win. As for, for Lazio, they have to win as well. And I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. If Lazio are going to go through from Group E, um, they need to go through this week. We need them to beat Celtic and we yep. need Feyenoord yep. to slip up against Atletico. Yep. If Feyenoord beat Atletico then it will go down to the final game yeah. and Lazio will have to, almost certainly will have to win away at, at Atletico Madrid, in, in Madrid, um, in order to in order to qualify. And I don't think, <laughs> the way Lazio are playing, I think we can safely say no, no, that's no, no, probably that. unlikely to happen. happen. So It's not going to happen. Yeah. Now, they need to beat Celtic. They need to focus just beating Celtic. Uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, a draw... Uh, minimum a draw between Atletico and Feyenoord, but that Atletico beat Feyenoord. That, that's yeah. what they need to, you know. Yeah, they need to win like. and hope that Feyenoord don't win. If that happens, let's you are through. Um, mm. That's what we need Which would to be, go through. It would be a huge boost. Uh, it would be this a is huge what Lazio boost. Need. Yeah, yeah. Lazio need this. Lazio need this. They need all the positivity they can. And then after that, well, it doesn't matter because then they're through and then they can focus on the league. And, yeah, and, and start exactly. Exactly. Themselves there, so. Exactly. Okay. And Wednesday games, Real Madrid versus Napoli. And Benfica versus Inter. Inter are already through. Mm-hmm. They're only playing for top spot. If I'm Simone Inzaghi, I play my entire reserve team for that game. Which I think you will. Yeah. I because will. because there's no point playing the, the, the first team because um, Real Sociedad, we can say, are probably going to beat Salzburg. Uh, and they have a better goal difference uh, of two. So what, even if Inter were to win, um, they're going to have to win again in their last game anyway. So they might as well, even if they lose this game to Benfica, they can still win their last game and come top anyway. So yeah, they might as well just play heads to heads. Yeah, yeah. You're right. They yeah, might as well just play right. their reserves in this game and focus yeah. for Napoli. Uh, and then as for Napoli, um, well, they, they, they're, their stupid result draw at home to Berlin means that it's probably going to go down to the final game. But you know what I was saying? It might not be worth you know a long shot that, that Napoli could get a win in this game because yeah, no, Real Madrid are decimated themselves with injuries. Mm. They've got so many players. They've still got a really strong team, though, to be fair. Mm. And Bellingham is back. But they are decimated. They've got a lot of players out. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. But basically, yeah, Napoli probably, they probably need to win. Well, they need to win this game to qualify. Uh, otherwise, it's going to go down to the, the final game uh, at home mm. to Braga, which is which yeah. is what I expect to happen. Mm. Okay, um, yes, and then the Europa League games, Atalanta versus Sporting, Savet versus Roma, both are almost qualified, and then Fiorentina versus Genk. Fiorentina need a win to, to qualify. In fact, they, they, we need them to win that game, otherwise it's going to go down to a final game, which it could get a bit nervy. Mm, okay, let's finish off with Badjo and Primface of the Week. Badjo, um, who do we have for... for Only for- one this week, Ruslan Malinovsky. What a goal for Genoa. It was like that man's left foot is a jackhammer. It's just insane. It is one of the candidates of the goals of the season. The swerve on that ball. Oh my God. And he was, and he hit the crossbar in, in, in against Frosinone as well in the, with a free kick. Nah, Malinovsky's goal. Just go and watch that. It's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. The thing, I mean, if you, if when you, when you talk about Candreva shooting rockets, 
or missiles, then then what does Malinovsky do? It's nukes. I mean, it's just yeah. No, another player with one of the best shots of his generation. He's got a an incredible. Left what foot. a goal! Mm. Boom. There's yeah. not a goalkeeper, and the swerve on it as well. The one thing that I got to hand it to Serie's YouTube, like or the producer, TV producer, they show it from the angle from behind where you can see the ball. It's just insane the swerve, the way that he hits it, and it's pure raw power. I what a goal! What a goal! Yeah, insane. Um, Prem face. I've got two crackers. Mm, this go week. for it. Yeah. Go so first it. of all, Steve Nickel. Mm. Um, from uh, ESPN, who was uh, react- reacting to Italy qualifying for the for the Euros, um, and he comes to the conclusion that Italy are rotten. Those are his words, mm. and worse than Scotland. So those oh. are the those are the words of of, of, of this guy. He's got to have like something has happened. Some it's someone of Italian descent has <laughs> hurt Steve Nichol. There's no doubt about that in my life. I think There's Craig, no Burley's, about that Craig Burley's the worst. One. Like, I think Craig no, no, yeah, but Steve, the worst. yeah, yeah, but Steve Nichol has every time he speaks about Italian something Italian football, it's 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 personal for him. Like <laughs> that's how it comes across to me anyway. Like someone Italian has really hurt. I would go. Steve I would Nichol. say that's the case with Craig Burley from what I've seen. Steve Nichol, I think Steve Nichol's just Steve Nichol is your prem face, your classic prem face who's proud to be dumb. He's he's proud. He's like you know the classic uh, Chris Rock scene. You know, mm. you know I don't know that shit. You know, like you ask you ask you know, Steve Nichol gets asked something and he, and he'll be like, like, I don't know. I don't that. know. He shrugs his shoulders. Proud. He goes, I don't know. <laughs> proud of being ignorant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he starts laughing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know no, that. It's, it's, it's like you it's know, nonsense. it's like proud. You know, proud to be proud stupidity. Yeah, yeah, pride like and dumbness. Of, yeah, pride, proud pride and stupidity. Yeah, I know. It's it was it was so bitter. I I listened to that as well, and it was like he was so angry and bitter, and it was like what? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. The other one is your 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 best friend Nima. Uh, El Comandante Gary Neville. He, is he is he is he an actual human being or is he a cartoon <laughs> character? Uh, it's like does he does he not Trent Alexander Arnold having the talent to be the best right back of all time? What? It's, it's just huh? <laughs> and it's weird too because I think when you, when it comes to that Monday night football where he's that he's on where he, he I think he's actually he shows tactical awareness to explain how things mm. work and why they should I mean he's not stupid he's no, just, he's not he does do some good tactical analysis the problem is that you know at the end of the day seems he is, like at the end of the day he's a he's a shill for the Premier League mm. so uh, he has to throw out the, the odd you know, comment mm. to, to, to blow it, to blow things up, to, to promote the Premier League. And that, that I still it. think the greatest clip video of all time is Gary Neville discovering what the weekend is. Not the band, <laughs> but an actual weekend, as in Saturday and Sunday. He would have referred to them as mini retirements. <laughs> and, and his podcast host goes, yeah, the weekend. <laughs> he says it many times. Yeah, it, it, it's known as the My favourite was during Euro 2020. Mini retirement. My favourite was the Euro 2020 when he said that um, that uh, that Italy, him and Vieira saying that Italy lack intensity and that they, that they, um, yeah, they're not going to go very deep in, into the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, 
Yeah. No, but but that that clip of him talking about Trent Alexander. The thing is, he says it with such conviction and certainty too, and it's like, well, that's great that you believe in what you say. It's a shame that what you're saying is absolute nonsense. It's it's like I don't know. It's it's weird with him, but he he is. He's not even the best. He's not even the best right back in the England England squad right now. Let alone the best England right back of all time. Let alone the best right back of all time. Kyle Walker is. Did you see what Cafu said today? I don't know when where the this is from. I died with laughter. Cafu going, you know, going to town saying, I'm afraid the more we have Brazilians moving to the Premier League, the fewer chances for Brazil to win the World Cup. Imagine being brainwashed by the media every week that you are the best in the world. Meanwhile, you're not near the best. I prefer La Liga because they have a high mentality to reach finals and win them. In La Liga, they don't have a mouth in front of TV cameras telling lies about Spanish players or hyping them to the world. They speak football there, not myth. (laughs) Which is just like... Yes, that's that's it. Um, exactly that last part. Not talking real football, not myth. Um, and and it's um, yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, you know, I think I do think that. Um, I do think that the, the Premier League is the best league in the world. But I do th- also think he's right when he says people like Gary Neville and talk sport just overhype all the time for no reason whatsoever. Of course, yeah. I mean, Gary Neville, we know he's a shill for the Premier League. That's his job. His job is to promote the Premier League. So he's going to come out with stuff like this. I mean, I'm not even going to entertain. I could do a list of of 50 right-backs in history that are better than than Trent um, Alexander-Arnold. You know, so it's it's, it's no point even debating it. Um, It's just just, we'll just laugh at him. Anyway, right. um, Let's leave it at that. Um, We will be back. Nima, when will we be back this week? Yes, um, since we did the Q&A pod uh, for patrons on Friday last week, uh, we won't be doing one this week because there's not been enough time between them and we've not, not, you know, there's not been too many questions sent in, obviously, because we only did it a few days ago. Mm. So we'll be doing a uh, full-on review show on uh, midweek review show on Thursday. Yeah, um, big Champions uh, League week. Yeah, from lots next, of... yeah, yeah, and then from the following week, it's the same thing, Monday, Tuesday, Monday review pod for free for everyone and then q a pod on tuesday uh and then of course thursday so please until you know when we record next time please make sure to send in your questions for the q a pod yeah absolutely okay let's leave it at that thanks everyone for listening have a great week we will see you on thursday until then ciao ciao